It's Coach Kim, and this is the Total Female Hockey Podcast, where we're going to help players, coaches, and teams take their game to the next level. Let's make some magic happen. So today I want to talk to you about doing more of what I call the not-so-sexy stuff. Now that sounds a little bit weird, but when we think about playing hockey, uh, we, we, we talk about being on the ice, right? We're playing games, we're doing practices, we're going to skill sessions, and that stuff's all awesome, right? And we, we tend to do more of that, and even within the last 5, 10, 15 years, there's so many more skills instructors, so many more opportunities for players to do more, and do more of the on-ice stuff. And I'm not saying that's not important. Of course it is. Your skills are critical. But the not-so-sexy stuff is really the stuff that's going to separate you from the pack. You know, this is the type of stuff that most players aren't doing at all, right? Things like off-ice training, things like extra stick handling, shooting, um, mental training. You know, these are all things that most players only do if they're with their team. They're spending very little extra time on it on their own. Now, I know you're busy. I'm busy too. Right? And to think, oh man, I gotta fit in another thing. Right? Well, if you wanna get be better than anyone else, you wanna be better than everyone else on your team, you can't do just what everyone else does. Right? I remember when I used to coach uh, at the junior level in what was then the Provincial Women's Hockey League, right? And I'd say to the, the players in the room, hey, there's 18 of us in this room, and if we just do what all 18 players do, we all end up the same. If you want more, if you want a scholarship, if you want to end up on the provincial or the national team, you have to do more than everyone else in this room. That's just the truth, right? And sometimes it's hard to do more of the on ice because it requires you to drive there, get your stuff on. It's very time heavy and it takes a lot of load on the body as well. You know, things like doing visualization or mental training or doing stretching, you know, stick handling and shooting practice even, they don't take a ton of physical toll on your body. It's something that most players aren't spending any time on, so it's really, really a, a pretty easy way to get ahead. So I'll share a little bit of the story with me about my bat past as a player. Uh, I started playing when I was 13 years old. Uh, I'd skated before then, but never really played hockey. And uh, one of my friend's dads was the coach on the U15 AA team, so I made it on the team, not because of my skill. Um, but you know, it was a great opportunity for me, but I was way behind skill wise and experience wise from everybody else on the team. Um, so I, you know, I'd go out on the outdoor rink and do extra and I do stick handling in my, in my bedroom and I would go shoot out, outside in the, the driveway and my neighbor would yell at me cause I would hit the fence and it was annoying, you know? So I did some extra stuff, but at 15 years old, something clicked. And I decided I wanted to play college hockey. I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted to do all these things. Now, keep in mind that probably everyone thought I was crazy. No one told me I was crazy. But really, I'd only played hockey for two years. I wasn't that great. You know, I was behind skill-wise. There's nothing really to say that I had any shot of realizing this dream. And somehow, whether I just knew it intuitively or there just weren't opportunities to do a lot of extra skills, I realized if I wanted to catch up with and surpass everybody else and even have a chance of playing, you know, division one college hockey, which was my dream, you know, I wasn't going to just be through my on ice skills. It had to be through off ice workouts. It had to be through mental training. It had to be through proper nutrition and hydration 
you know, I was doing a lot of stretching. I was doing a lot of shooting and stick handling. You know, these are things that I just did because I thought I can gain a lot of hours of training here without having to drive to another rink and do more skill stuff. So, you know, I probably didn't think of it in, in the time as, you know, this is me doing something that everyone else is not doing. I certainly didn't think of it as the not so sexy stuff, but I knew that it, my teammates weren't doing it. You know, I, I remember going to warm up uh, when I was playing U18 in the parking lot and people thought I had like forgotten something in the car, you know, like why are you going outside? You know, that's different now. We all do warm ups, hopefully, or at least the older ages we do. But back then it was rare. Back then it was rare to, to train off the ice. Back then it was rare to really worry about nutrition and hydration. Back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of skill opportunities. So you had to be creative on how you found a way to separate yourself. And, and I'll say, honestly, the mental training I did, I went to this thing called a library. I got this thing called a book. Uh, and I say that in jest, but I actually would go and read books about mental training. And I would do the exercise in the book. I would take the book home. I would practice it. I would do visualization. I would do all these things in my room. I probably have a couple of mental training books I've had since I was 15 years old. I still look at them now. I use them when I played college hockey, pro hockey. You know, I use them now when I play squash in my old lady squash league. Um, none of that stuff has changed, but it, it struck me when I got to college hockey, especially how far ahead I was in the terms of mental training. Not because I spent so much time and not because I went to some mental training coach, just because I was reading these books and doing little exercises. So I want to give you an idea of you know, how much it takes to separate yourself from everybody else. Remember, most people aren't doing any of this stuff. So they're at zero minutes a week, zero, you know, hours a month. Like, you know, it's just, it's pretty easy math if you're doing nothing. But let's say you did 10 minutes of extra shooting six days a week. Okay, that's an hour a week of shooting. Season's about 30 weeks going from September to April. So one hour a week for 30 weeks. Now you've done 30 hours of shooting, which when you think of it now, when you add it all up, sounds crazy high. 30 hours of shooting, right? Like you couldn't do it all in one shot, obviously, right? But when you just go 10 minutes a day, six days a week for the whole season, that's a massive amount of extra shooting. Your shot is absolutely going to get better. And again, relative to everyone else who's doing zero, it's going to get way, way better. You know, let's say we double that. Can you spend 20 minutes a day doing something where you don't have to drive anywhere? Absolutely, right? You could do 20 minutes of stick handling. You could do 20 minutes of mental training. You could do 20 minutes of stretching, right? You could do another, you could do 20 minutes of shooting, right? You did that six days a week. That's 60 hours of training over the course of the season. That's a lot of extra, right? And then a lot of extra that separates you from, some, from somebody else, right? You have 20 minutes. You have 10 minutes. We all have 20 minutes for 10 minutes. It doesn't matter if you're a coach, a parent, a player, right? You want to get better at something. You've got 10 to 20 minutes. You could spend six days a week on it. You know, whether you choose to prioritize it or not, well, that's up to you. But that tells you really whether you really want to get to the top level or not. You know, I look at it and go, if you're not willing to spend 10 to 20 minutes, six days a week on these little things, these not so sexy things that separate you, you really got to ask yourself, how much do I really want to be better than everybody else? How much do I really want that scholarship? How much do I want to move up to that next level next year? How much do I want to make the provincial national team? You know, 20 minutes is not a lot. If you're not willing to do that, it's okay. But then you can't be surprised when you don't get, you know, all the big goals that you want. You know, so my, my challenge to you today 
is to do more of what others don't do at all. It's such an easy way to gain an advantage, everyone. Honestly, such an easy way to do it. Yes, it takes accountability, it takes ownership. It means you got to do it every day and it's not going to be, you know, your parents or your coach or somebody else checking in with you. You know, you've got to do this every single day on your own and that drive and that commitment is what's going to get you to the top. You know, most people won't do any of this stuff. So don't be like most people. Be something better, be something different, do more, be more. Like I said, you know, this for me personally, this was the secret to my success. Spending that time on the not so sexy stuff, it really gave me a great foundation for when I got to the elite levels of hockey. You know, I was very prepared physically, mentally. You know, I was always a little behind skill wise, but I was able to catch up as I got more and more ice time as I got into college. We're practicing two hours a day. But that foundation of everything else was absolutely critical. So that's my challenge to you, to you today. Do more of what other people aren't doing at all. And, you know, you're going to take your game to the next level this season and beyond.